The strong wind was howling and whistling. He was the first Chinese citizen to graduate from Yale University in the mid-19th century. I was born on the 17th of November. She had prominent features. Three of us were old enough to lend a helping hand. He navigated between two vastly different cultures and moved further to realize his dream and promote understanding between the people of China and the United States. Ye Mingxing was a native of Hamyang. I realized no danger. China is really awakening. Come and join us in discovering the incredible journey of Yong Wang in his autobiography, My Life in China and America. Check out the audible stories on radio.cgtn.com and all major podcast platforms. Just search for the podcast Books and Beyond and find My Life in China and America. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm your host Huang Shan, stepping in for He Yang. Good to have you on this ride. It's often said that being a housewife is a thankless job. There's no real appreciation, no bonuses, no promotion, and it's nonstop from the time your eyes open in the morning to the moment they shut at night. Recently, a fresh graduate decided to become a housewife instead of pursuing a traditional career path. Which disappointed the person who financially sponsored her education for eight years. This has led to a new round of social media debate with regard to the economics and social implications of women being full-time housewives. What's your take on this? Do you think full-time housewife can be considered as an occupation? And our special segment, Heart to Heart, is on the way. If there's something bothering you and you need a good listener, or if you have achieved a new victory in life and want someone to share that joy, why not send a voice memo to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com? Roundtable is always there for you. For today's program, I'm joined by Li Yi in the studio and Josh Cotterill on the line. First, on today's show. If a woman chooses to become a housewife, even after all the education she has received, is it that bad? Recently, a post about the sponsored education trajectory of a young lady who chose to become an affluent housewife after graduation is trending on China's social media. Once again, this has triggered heated public discussion. For the aspiring young lady from a humble background, what was her best path to shine: career or marriage? And was it possible to have it both ways? To begin with, Li Yi, can you walk us through why has this social media post stirred up controversy? Mm-hmm. So the public discussion really started with such post,、uh, which was published on a lifestyle sharing social media platform. And according to the person who has posted,、uh, she had financially supported a girl from a rural area for eight years. And she started sponsoring the girl from junior high school and continued to do so throughout her senior high and also the university studies. And last year, the girl finally graduated from university. And then the sponsor found that the girl wanted to be a housewife, and she told the sponsor that she has found a businessman who is 13 years older than her, and he is really well off. And she also discovered that. That man was keen to have children, so the girl just wanted to to get married as soon as possible and get pregnant. The sponsored girl told her that she thinks her most significant advantage was being good-looking and young. So for her, marriage is really a second chance to be reborn. So that's why she decided to marry early after graduating from university. And this somehow disappointed that sponsors. According to her, she is also from rural areas in China. And in her hometown, actually,、uh, female or, or girls in that region really don't really have a lot of good opportunities to get access to higher education. And usually, they, they would just go out to work after graduating from middle school. And then she just discovered this、uh, sponsored girl who used to like love. Being at school and really want to pursue like more education, so she just decided to sponsor her. However, she was quite surprised actually by the decision of that girl to be really a full-time housewife, and this somehow has has triggered 
I would say a mixed reaction on social media platform. Someone think it's really the business self that sponsored girl, and it's really her self determination, and、uh, it's really not the business of、uh, either the sponsor or the other audiences or spectators.、Uh, however, there are also like comments saying that. If that sponsored girl has the opportunity to pursue higher edu- education, she should really cherish this opportunity and then try to pursue a better career path instead of being a housewife. Yeah, apparently the sponsor in the story has been overwhelmed by a sense of betrayal, as Li Yi earlier mentioned. The sponsor herself in her hometown. Many rural children do not continue their studies、mm-hmm. after junior high school, and after seeing this girl, the heroine in the story,、uh, had good grades, she wanted to help her continue her education for a more promising future. I think that from the very beginning, maybe the sponsor thought the girl shared same values with her, which is knowledge can change one's fate. As an educated girl, is more likely to be empowered and determine. The course of her life and future, but in reality, this girl she chose to bet her future on a rich husband. Well, Josh, do you think it's a wise decision? I know who are we to judge, right? But why do you think not only the sponsor but many internet users also feel disappointed with this story? I think that there's several reasons for that, and I would like to echo just what you said firstly and say that we do not know the details of all of this. I do not know either of these women. And I can only go off this story from what I've read, but I imagine that the complexities and the nuances of the specifics of this story will probably could make anybody change their mind and be on either side of this. But if we're going to take this story at face value and take everything as gospel truth, then I think that I can understand why people might be frustrated by this. I guess that the term housewife is. Extremely stigmatized these days, and I think that it has connotations to the patriarchy, to、um, women not having as much freedom、uh, and as many rights as men, especially in the workplace and things like this. And also, I think the language that is used、um, describing this girl as describing her husband as being an older, rich businessman and her being young and beautiful—I mean, it, it paints a very Stereotypical picture, but I imagine that the story is probably a lot more complex, and I imagine that the feelings of both parties are. But anyway, I think one thing that I found interesting about this that confuses me is that if I had to pick a side, I'd probably be on the side of the young woman who's decided to become a quote-unquote housewife. And the reason for that is because if she is really smart and she's been given that education and she's got good grades, then isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough that she's acquired the knowledge and the self-confidence to make her own decisions in life? Isn't that the purpose of an education? And if she then goes on to make the decision to be a housewife, then good for her. That means that she's at least she's done that consciously, right?、Um, and yeah, that's that's my immediate reaction to this story. If we have to choose a side, the which camp are you in? Well, I think it's really hard to really choose a side here. I don't really want to choose a side, actually.、Um, I agree with Josh. Actually, we don't really know every single detail in in this issue, and we don't really know the real thought of that young girl. Maybe she wasn't really telling the truth to the sponsor. That could also be possible. And also, we are only learning like one such story from the sponsor. We don't really know、uh, how the young girl are perceiving all this kind of. Issue. So for me, I really want to be really cautious to to take a side, but I can really understand why the sponsor is kind of disappointed when hearing the girl's decision because, according to her, she is also from rural areas and、uh, in her like hometown, she said that you know the head of the village is always male and、mm. even the candidates for the village head are are always male. And、uh, when she was young, she asked a, a question to her grandmother. Actually, she asked why only men can be the village heads, and when can women be village head? And then the answer was like it has always been so all the time. So you see, if that is true according to her,、um, I think people in that village they don't really they are getting so used to the fact that there are certain rights rights that women are deprived of. 
only because they are women. And、mm. even for a female in that village, they don't really think that's、uh, there's nothing wrong with that fact. So I think、um, I think it's quite understandable、uh, if、uh, this this sponsor really want to、uh, help another young girl who love to、uh, pursue more education and try to give her. More opportunities to pursue higher education, and of course, when she does that, I think she has certain expectations. I think we can't really say she's trying to interfere with the decision of that sponsored girl, or she tries to manipulate the decision of that girl. I think she simply has certain expectations. She wants those young women in those rural areas、uh, to have more opportunities, and she wants to be part of that. Uh, contribution to help those young women, and she also wants to make sure that young women who want to live different life get opportunity to live a different life, a life that that is different from what they could have been living if they really have received more education. I mean,、uh, marry early and get a husband and have a baby. I think that's something that a lot of、uh, young people in rural areas who don't really have access to higher education would just choose to do. However, I think she just tries to make a change in the girl's life. So I think I just try to put myself in the shoes of that sponsor. I think、um, I think she has certain expectations, and、uh, I think she also has sort of self-reflection. She also try to like ask herself: Am I trying to interfering with the decision?、Mm. I'm not. Am I really in the right position to make that move? I think she. She is conscious of that, and she does try to reflect on that. So, you know, as a normal audience or or normal spectator, it's really hard to take a side. Of course, I think the lady donated her money to support this young lady to pursue her academic dream. Is because、um, the sponsor. I'm pretty sure she wants to see the girl achieve something big or just receive proper. Higher education, and maybe in the near future, this young lady can be a role model for many girls in rural areas. This girl's story can inspire more rural girls to follow their dream of studying, and then you know, be an independent person and can earn their own salaries. So maybe the reason why the lady is very disappointed is because. This girl who has been sponsored now is betting her future on her rich husband. This actually, the story reminds me of a previous discussion involved Miss Zhang Guimei. For those who are not familiar with Zhang Guimei, she's a teacher who had long advocated education for rural girls, and she founded a high school in southwest China's Yunnan province. Of course, with the local government support, and she and her colleagues ensured that high school did not charge tuition fees. I mean, the particular high school doesn't charge tuition fees for girls from poor families, and that is why Jiang Guimei and her school deserve praise for sure.、Um, in an earlier interview several years ago、uh, with a reporter from Phoenix TV, Jiang Guimei recalled when a former student. From her school, came back with her husband and child to the school with cash to donate, and she asked the student to get out. And she believed women have to be tough on themselves and cannot depend on men for their livelihoods.、Uh, so back then,、uh, she told other girls in rural areas that only with patience and ability will men take you seriously. <laughs> no matter how rich. The man is don't become dependent, and women need to be self reliant. So back in the time that conversation was trending online, some netizens, of course, criticized her speech because they believed the speech was disrespectful towards women. While others argued that her speech must be read from the context of school that was focused on elevating poverty for women. And girls in rural areas. So, Josh, why do you think not everyone in the country, all around the world, is not on the same page when it comes to the value of housewives? I'm not sure. I guess that just as I mentioned before, I still think there's a lot of stigma attached to the idea of being a housewife, and I wonder if we need to change the language here somewhat or something. I'm not sure, but because I think that the way that Uh, parenting works these days, especially in the early days of childhood. Right, at least one parent does have to spend a lot more time away from work. And again, 
I need to know more specifics about this story. And I think that I guess that we never will. And I feel like I have to come to the defense of this young girl, even if it's not somebody who I'd particularly like. I don't know if I'd like them very much or if I'd agree with everything that they're doing or saying. But I just think that it's so unfair to put all of this pressure on her and for her to be demonized in this way, because it seems as though she's been completely slammed uh, online. And I know she's had some support, but I understand why. But is I something that I struggle with right now is, is being a housewife really deeply connected to not supporting women's rights? Or in other words, Josh, do you think becoming a housewife mm. after receiving years of higher education is a waste of public resources? Well, I think, no, I don't think it is a waste because I think that the purpose of education is to educate, empower and give knowledge to people and make people better citizens. So she might be a housewife, but when she goes out into society, is she a good educated person? Uh, that's more important. That's the purpose of education for me. It's not about her necessarily making money. Maybe she can be a housewife. And also being educated uh, doesn't mean that you have to be independent. Maybe she's got her own ideas and her own ideals. Maybe she's had her education and she firmly believes that it's okay for a woman to be a full-time housewife. And maybe she thinks that's a good thing for society. I personally believe that's her own decision to make. Well, you know, I'm thinking that is really the question of, uh, you know, being a housewife is good or, or, or not, is whether a proper decision is really the most important issue here when we are discussing this specific case. Because I think we all know that we can't really uh, stigmatize a uh, housewife, right? Uh, being a housewife is never an easy task. And we all know that uh, when we are talking about gender equality, we, we are not really like encouraging each single lady to be really professional and to pursue a career path and try to just climb the ladder uh, at workplace. And we are not saying that you shouldn't really have a baby, you shouldn't really get married or be a housewife. I think that's never the discussion we have as long as we have some basic understanding of gender equality. And I agree with Josh that the purpose of education or the purpose of the discussion of gender equality is really to encourage every person to, you know, to make the real decision that they want and based on their personal individual choice. And uh, I think nobody else is in the right position to make a judgment. But, but here, you know, when we are talking about this specific sponsored girl, I'm just a little bit critical about her statement saying that she thinks her most significant advantage was being good looking and young. I think that's really something mm. that bothers me. And uh, that might also be something that bothers the sponsor as well. Because, you know, traditionally, when we are talking about so called pretty young lady trying to marry up, uh, because of uh, taking advantage of their good-looking appearance or being young, I think we have a common understanding that girls who receive an education or girls who receive higher education are less likely to marry young. And when you're seeing a young girl who loved the study when she was young and who was given the opportunity to pursue higher education, and in the end, she's also making a similar statement saying that she thinks the most important uh, advantage is is being good looking and young. I think that's somehow shocking to me, because to me, I think she is also trying to objectify herself, mm. because that's the very traditional viewpoint in the so called uh, patriarchal society. Because you don't really often see a young man saying that I think my biggest advantage is being young and strong. So that's uh, so that what makes me marry up, right? So still, you know, when we are talking about this sort of issue, I think that's really the issue that makes the general public shocked or disappointed or even make the sponsor dismayed. Yeah. And I think the reason why many internet users, they are quite aggressive when it comes to the debate of this story is because uh, the girl mentioned that SDE uh, told us right about uh, what are her strength mm -hmm. being young and pretty are these good enough for you to succeed I don't think so um, I think we are living in a society that empowers women and everything and it makes it makes it seem like it would be almost going backwards to want to be 
an affiliation to someone else, like your husband. And also, after years of education, the girl just think, okay, with my youth and my appearance, these are my. I don't want to use the word setting point. That is too much. I think she's using these two traits as her strength,、um, or as the. Booster for her to climb up the social ladder, or trying to、uh, upgrade her fate. So I think this is a part has confused so many internet users or netizens, and someone even criticized her for using her education background as a golden ticket to marry into a richer family. So I mean, yes, there are so many details, layers to the story. And what's more, should a sponsor or us netizens have a stake or even able to comment on the life choices of the beneficiaries? And meantime, I think there is also a very like sad truth.、Um, even as the sponsor or even as the parents of a kid, although you could hold certain expectation to that kid, somehow when they really make their own choices or make their own decisions, you can't really. Interfere with their decisions, right? And you have to respect their decisions, no matter you disagree with their、uh, decisions. And、uh, even as、uh, a sponsor, even you think you have, you are the person who gave the chance of higher education to that girl. You you are not really in the right position to to really make her to change her decision. I think that's. That's a quite harsh but、uh, real and authentic truth that everybody have to face with, right? Yeah, I, I think so. My main point here is that I think that education we have to think about what it actually is for and the real purpose of education. And I think that's to create good citizens and and good people, and also to empower people to have their own decisions. And sometimes the reality of that is is that that decision might not be the one. That you necessarily agree with, but at least she has the power to make that choice. Okay, and if we go back to the story, I think another key word that has made many netizens raise their eyebrows is about the social expectations of being a housewife. So some people just think it is the most unappreciated jobs on earth because no one will give you appreciation. They may think being a housewife is so easy, but actually, it's one of the loneliest jobs on earth. So, what do you think? What are some pros and cons of being a housewife, and what are social expectations of being a housewife? Well, I don't really have any personal、uh, experience to offer here, but I guess to be a really housewife or to be a stay-at-home mom, it's really a tough job, I would say. And although sometimes we don't really、uh, validate being a housewife as a job, however, we have to we have to admit that if you decide to stay at home to take care of the baby or to take care of the family. It can be even more difficult、uh, than like going to company and working in a regular enterprises. I think because、uh, sometimes you are the only person who have to struggle with all those difficult or those、uh, big and little. Uh, issues in your family, you have to uh, provide like uh, you have to provide、um, emotional、um, support to the baby and also to the family members, and you have to do the, all the house chores, and、uh, you have to provide really basic childcare on a daily basis. So for me, I think it can be really exhausting. And also, sometimes being at home also means that you are losing certain opportunities to thrive at workplace because the absence is real, and you are absent from workplace for a period of time. And with that, you have to accept that some of your peers、uh, who are not really staying at home, and they could just have their moment to thrive at workplace, and they could just climb their career ladder. And so, when you realize that, you have to. You know, accept that kind of peer pressure. Okay, Josh, just very briefly, is it that bad of becoming a housewife or choosing being a housewife as your career path? Absolutely not. I don't think that it's anything to be ashamed of, in any way, shape, or form. And I think as long as you feel as though it was your choice and that you had the power to make that choice, 
maybe that you are in that position through no fault of your own and it's just a financial thing and you and your partner find that this is the best way to support your child ultimately you should just listen to yourself and not feel any shame at all about this uh, in short indeed there is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to be a housewife and being a housewife it can be a great choice depending on the people and their situations as long as you're enjoying the process and not throwing away your life and things you learn from school. But one thing for sure, financial independence is an important component of your safety net. It's Roundtable with myself, Huang Shan, Josh Cotterill, and Li Yi. We'll be back after this break. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with me, Huang Shen, joined by Li Yi and Josh Cotterell. It's always good to have you along. Coming up, for most commuters, it is not easy commuting by public transport every day with the knowledge that not everyone in an overcrowded carriage will have good etiquette. When you hear someone playing loud music or someone talking by speaker on buses or subways, how do you feel? Will you confront them in exchange for some peace and quiet when you are mentally preparing for a new day or starting to unwind from a long day at work? What are some of the implied rules of etiquette for riding public transportation? What's more, our special segment, Heart to Heart. You can share with us your thoughts by rating and reviewing the show at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. And you can send us voice questions to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com to take part in our Heart to Heart segment. Now on Roundtable. Recently, a short video of passenger in Nanjing City, Jiangsu Province, being fined for listening to an audio clip without using headphones went viral on social media, drawing more attention to subway etiquette. Many have applauded the move, calling for similar regulations to be enforced nationwide, while other people argue whether this warning ticket is backed by official regulation. Li Yi, can you give us more details? Mm. So according to this uh, specific netizen who posted the video on social media platforms, uh, she was in the subway carriage when she was traveling in Nanjing. And according to her, she didn't put on her earphones. And then she just started scrolling her social media, maybe watching some sort of short videos. And somehow there was uh, the noise created by the video and she did and she didn't really notice it and however then a subway employee approaching this passenger and reminds her of their relevant policy by the subway cooperation and then the employee issued a warning ticket to this passenger however there wasn't really fine in that warning ticket um, so that video just uh, somehow triggered a wave of, of discussion on social media because some people didn't really realize that subway employee could issue a relevant warning ticket to those passengers who put speaker or play loud audio on mobile phones in subways. And according to the passenger herself, she says that she didn't really feel like annoyed by that warning ticket. And she was just curious because it, it was actually the first time she received a such warning ticket. And of course, that has just made her realize that uh, there are certain policies <laughs> and she should never behave like this next time. Okay, Josh, in your opinion, who's right, who's wrong, or do you think this so-called warning ticket is valid, or do you, do you take public transportation very often? Uh, of, often enough, yeah. and I think that the ticket is valid. I'm a huge advocate <laughs> of quite strict regulation on things that prohibit unnecessary noise pollution, and I think it is that. I think it's impolite, and um, it's more than impolite. Many things are impolite, but there's a ton of evidence to suggest that noise pollution and unnecessary noise is really bad for our health. And if everybody was to be listening to this, to different music at the same time, which I, I'll be honest, I do hear on public transport in China a lot. Um, China has a long way to go with regulation on noise mm. pollution. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg about what I think about it. But uh, I, I take public transport quite a lot mm. uh, because I travel a lot for work um but and i also have been frustrated regularly <laughs> 
by people being on their phones and listening to things out loud. Yeah, we all have been there before, and the warning ticket was issued under the official policy.、Uh, this is according to a report on Shangyou News, which is a news platform based in the city of Chongqing.、Uh, after the reporter contacted the Nanjing Metro Service Hotline,、uh, the customer service staff said that it is true that there are inspectors in the carriages, and they will conduct inspections in accordance with the provisions of the official regulations. Regulations issued by the Ministry of Transport, and apparently around the country, according to the Ministry of Transport, in fact, not only in Nanjing City but other major cities like Beijing, Shanghai, Tianjin, Wuhan, Lanzhou, Guiyang, Kunming, and many other cities have issued relevant regulations prohibiting the behavior of、uh, playing audio out loud on subways. So. We all have been there before, as I said earlier. What are some uncivilized behaviors on public transportation you can think of? Well, you know, I can think of someone who just lies down on the seat in the subway without wearing the shoes, <laughs> and I think that's quite disturbing for me. And、uh, also,、um, there can be also someone who like chat loudly and.、Uh, Eat or drink in the subway, and also like scribbling, drawing, or posting or hanging items、uh, in the subway, and these are all the like prohibitive behaviors according to the regulations from the transport authorities. And also, you know, from my personal observation, I think I can really、uh, witness a change of people's behaviors during the past years, because when I was small, you know. Uh, we don't really have those、uh, those high speed railway, and、uh, we like、uh, we took those green train, and which was much slower than what we have nowadays. And you know, in those trains, I remember there are certain stickers or posters saying like "silence, please" or "no shouting," and there are certain posters st-、uh, sticked on the wall. But I don't really think people care about it, and I don't think、um, there are certain employee. Or train employee who are in charge of making sure everybody is、um, is is quite silent or don't really make any loud noises.、Um, but now I think we do have these very clear、uh, regulations and and we do have certain punishment measures.、Um, I think that's quite helpful in terms of raising public awareness and. Uh, Uh, to make sure that people know that、uh, these are some behaviors that are that are not appropriate when you are in the public transportation tools, and you have to think for others, and、uh, you have to think for others who want to be like just relax in either in the subway or in the train. So yeah, I basically just、uh, support this kind of policies, and I think there should be even more policies and more like strict. Punishment measures to make sure everybody just obey the rules. Josh, what are some annoying behaviors on public transport you can think of, and you cannot stand? So many,、um, <laughs> so many. I was in、uh, a public transport station about two days ago, and、uh, and a guy he I had shorts on, and he touched my leg,、um, and. And I turned around and I was shocked, right?、Mm. And I said, and he said, "Aren't you cold?" And、uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. And I, I was just like, "Is this?"、Uh, of course, I mean, maybe that's an extreme, but I know several friends that have had that done to them. Maybe, maybe it's just because I was wearing shorts. I'm not sure.、Um, but that was quite shocking. Yeah, I, maybe I get a lot of attention because I'm tall. Maybe because I'm a foreigner.、Uh, I'm not sure.、Um, so maybe I get an unnatural amount of annoyance because of that. Um, probably, but also I'm quite sensitive to sound because, as you guys know, I work with sound. Yeah.、Um, and uh, and uh, some things that I do are about annoyance, and it's about how to minimize that. And you know, there's a lot of something called novelty and adaptation. And in short, what that means is there are some sounds that we can adapt to. For example, you know, if you have an air conditioner on at night, right? That white noise. You can your brain eventually forgets about it. In fact, it can even help people sleep, right?、Mm. But there are some noises that are not adaptable; rather, they are novel, and that can be like a ringtone or like sounds from Douyin or something, or the WeChat alert noise. My goodness, I've been even not even in public transport in meetings 
where people haven't turned the WeChat alert off and everybody seems to have ignored it. But on trains, I hear this a lot. Also, you know, on Douyin, that terrible laughing sound that's on many videos, that sort of high pitched, <laughs> very sharp laugh. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I was, I, the amount of times I've just been sat there and I can hear that sound coming from somewhere and someone's just staring at their phone. Oh, I, so yeah, I'm particularly sensitive uh, to this, as you can probably tell from my tone. Yeah. But yeah, there's just some examples. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like all these sounds from uh, smartphones, very likely it is because people are using. Uh, short video platforms and I know they want to be eye-catching and also they want to catch your ears Usually such sounds are very penetrating by that I mean uh, If you just even you are using your headphones, maybe you can still hear a little bit from that video I as a person who's sitting right next to a person who's watching one piece of this uh, short video, so yeah, I really like a saying that uh, smartphones are only as smart as the people using them. So if you do care about the etiquette on subway, then maybe you should start from yourself trying to behave in a way that will bring convenience to people around you because still, it is a public space. So you cannot just prioritize your own preference without taking care of other people's feelings. Maybe you find this video is super entertaining, very hilarious, but in other people's mind, maybe they will interpret it into a very terrible experience. So I think on a super crowded subway, especially in Beijing, you know, I take the subway every day, especially on some famous lines like line one, line four. So people are trying so hard to secure a quiet and nice space for themselves, you know, before you start a hard day work, then you just want to have some time let yourself indulge in your inner peace. You don't want to be bothered by other people. So yeah, we have the rules, of course. And even today, I especially paid attention to the regulations on board because I saw there is a poster stick to the wall in the carriage and give you all the do's and don'ts. And they will tell you these behaviors, these actions are not allowed in this carriage. However, I don't know how many people will actually listen to the announcement or just pay attention to such written regulations. So I think this is part of the challenges when enforcing such rules to make a crowded subway carriage a pleasant place to ride. Well, in your opinion, what are some challenges? Like I mentioned earlier, people's ignorance or just we are so busy we don't have time to read through such long hard terms with regard to the regulations on the subway so what do you think what are some challenges well i think you know a major challenge would be people are sensitive to sounds in different ways for example i think for a lot of like young people who are like bustling and rushing every day of course we want to have a quiet space uh, when we try to take those uh, transportation tools however i think for a lot of elderly people they are not really that sensitive to those loud sounds and, and also you have to think about those uh, mothers or those fathers who take their young kids or babies out and sometimes you can't really stop them from like crying and shouting but 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 that could also be disturbing for other passengers on board right so for me i think that's quite tricky because on the one hand people are calling for like a silent carriage but meantime we have to consider that there are like families uh, taking young kids and uh, sometimes it's really hard to regulate their behaviors so there are different discussions and and also different opinions on that so i'm wondering what does josh think about that I mean, yeah, there is a lot of regulation that can be quite detailed, but I think generally these things, these new rules can be implemented into society pretty quickly. And it's just a matter of them actually being implemented. And I think that when it comes to, for example, issuing tickets to people for uh, playing music out loud, you only have to do it for a short amount of time and really actually do it and be stricter with it for it to come into practice and for people to suddenly be like, oh, word of mouth will spread pretty quick. Don't listen to 
uh, music out loud on your phone when you're on public transport or you could get fined. So, yeah, I don't think it's actually that complicated, really. But getting people to accept that it's important, that that could be quite difficult, actually, because I think that's maybe one of the reasons why uh, it still happens, because it seems to me, I don't know if it's just me or if it's because people aren't that bothered. I know in the UK, people would be very quick to, multiple people would be quick to tell people to turn their phone off. And I look around often and I wonder, are people as annoyed as I am or or not? So that is quite complex. But the, the, the new policy isn't um, implementing it. Of course. If, let's say if, you have been irritated by a person like that, would you confront someone talking on speakerphone or blurring music on speakers in public? Would you take the initiative to talk to this person or confront this person? Well, I think that depends how disturbing that person is to me. If uh, it's just uh, like some loud noise from his or her phone, and I think it's really tolerable to me, but just disturbing to me, I don't think I would just take the initiative to really talk to this person and just tell him or her to stop. Um, because, yeah, I think I'm just in this carriage for a short period, period of time, right? And I don't think I want to waste my energy to talk to this guy. And uh, somehow I just feel like if this person does have this awareness to try to keep silent or keep quiet for other people, I don't think he or she would just uh, put her phone loud on speaker, right? Mm -hmm. um, because uh, that's sort of self-discipline. But if at workplace, uh, say, uh, when I'm preparing for the show and someone is just like talking really loudly and for a long period of time, I think I'll just take the initiative and just tell, tell him or her to stop, please. <laughs> oh, that's a very smart strategy. And this situation not only applies to, you know, um, buses mm -hmm. or subway, sometimes when you are taking a high-speed rail or even on a flight, these situations are so common. I see many people have, have complained if they are sitting right next to a baby. What mm. if the baby is crying? Then, well, for the whole journey, you have to, you know, tolerate that for sure. And I remember one time when I was taking the high-speed rail, a guy who's sitting in front of me, that guy was talking on the phone for the entire trip. He was on a business conference. Basically, he was talking to each layer of the management. So he was complaining about one coworker to the other coworker. And in the next phone call, he was complaining about something else. Along the journey, he was complaining about everything in his workplace. <laughs> I mean, I know in high speed rail, right? Sometimes they will set up a quiet carriage because one time I was sitting in that carriage and I was talking to my husband. And then the lady who's in charge of the carriage just just walk to me, say, oh, you should keep quiet because we are in a quiet carriage. Mm -hmm. You cannot talk in a, at a very loud volume. So Josh, if you just happen to be in that situation and you don't know how to confront that person who is making such noise, then as an expert in this field, is there anything we can do to turn the annoying noise into a pleasant one? Or is there anything we can protect our ears from such sharp noise? There is a lot of research that's got, gone into the types of noises that are uh, less offensive, less piercing, but it really starts, that, that is quite complex because ultimately the best thing and the best thing for health, because noise pollution is really quite damaging for society. And although it may just seem like, oh, this sound that someone's playing out their phone is just annoying. Actually, noise pollution results in um, an increase in pulse, in, in heart rate, in blood pressure, in stress. And if some if it's extremely loud, then that, that can be damaging in the long term, especially if you live in a city and you're traveling on public transport every day. So I think it starts with an appreciation. I think that people should not at all have to wear any ear protection. I don't think that that's really necessary. Um, of course, you can do that. I do that um, as an expat living in Beijing. I feel as though uh, I maybe, I don't feel as though I should say anything. I just feel I'm a, a guest in this country and I don't want to cause any unnecessary disturbance. Um, so I don't say anything. But I think that if it is your, 
I know that if it was I was in my own home country, I think people should stand up and say something. I think you should. Okay, so from today, let's follow the subway etiquette together. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, Roundtable special segment, Heart to Heart. Stay tuned. You ask. We answer. Roundtable, Heart to Heart. It's the hour of Roundtable with myself, Huang Shan, Josh, and Li Yi.、Uh, this week, we've received a voice question from a listener named Jackie, who's in Shanghai now. Let's hear him out. Hello, Roundtable. I'm Jackie Zhang, working at Shanghai nowadays. This question really bothers me for a long time. I'm the type of person that want to be friendly and nice with people when interacting with others. I want to show them. That I am easygoing and have some humor, but the reality is quite different. Sometimes I may behave cold and unpassionate because I find it difficult to make a comfortable and impressive communication. There are days I may feel tired of it. I think I'm not good at coping with people and expressing myself. In our company, there are blue-collar workers in the factory, white-collar workers in the office. Cleaners in the canteen, and so on. Running to them face to face, or having some job interaction with them, is just a daily routine. I want to make each communication an impressive one. What bothers me is that sometimes I don't know how to respond to others to keep the ball come and go. All I can say is, "All right, okay, yes. Well, I need you to help me with this. Help me with that." I feel I'm kind of numb, but I know at the bottom of my heart I want to communicate with people, to connect with others, to know about other people's struggle and happiness enough, and express myself more truthfully. Can you give me some advices? Thank you, Roundtable. Thank you, Jackie. So, Josh, let's start with you. What are some tips you can offer to help Jackie to become a better communicator? I think there's there's so many aspects to communication, and there's so many things I could say here. But I, for me, I think the most important aspect of communication that a lot of people don't think about is empathy. And often people think about this word empathy as something to do something connected to sympathy, like、um, trying to appreciate some trouble that somebody else is having. But that's not actually what empathy necessarily means. All empathy means is to Um, in essence, try to feel what somebody else is feeling, and people often forget that fifty percent of communication is or should be listening. It's not just how you talk; it's about how you listen to others. And you can also provoke other people to speak to you, and then you can listen to them with things like questions. Right? Just asking people how they're doing, how their day's been. Asking people what did they do at the weekend, and. Even if it may seem like a mundane question, if you show that you're genu- genuinely interested in them, and you show empathy for them, and you try to take an interest in them, you'll probably find that actually you're able to create bonds with people. It may not be a deep friendship, but you'll end up having a proper conversation with them. You may end up finding that the person that you're trying to communicate with is also not a great communicator. Maybe they keep talking and talking too much. Um, and they don't have any empathy for you, right? And that that is often the case as well. But this is just one piece of advice that I have: is to try to have empathy for other people and understand that listening is really important, and that you can provoke listening through asking simple questions. Well, you know, I do have a, a little bit different opinion on this because、mm-hmm. I'm not really going to provide any. Advice or suggestion、mm-hmm. on how to facilitate his communication skills, because I'm sure, as an adult, I I'm sure he can really communicate with others. He's just not confident in that. And also from his recording, I sort of feel like he's trying to push himself to become a person who is really outgoing and easygoing, and try to be really, you know. Uh, good at like having casual talks with everyone he meets at workplace, and for me, I feel like it's kind of a, like a burden he's trying to push,、uh, put himself、uh, on the shoulder.、Um, because I think if you decide that you are not really 
born to be a people person, then just respect yourself and just accept who you are. I don't really think you should really change yourself. And especially I learned that he is eager to have some deep and true talks with somebody else. And especially he wants to know more about other people's struggles and happiness. And I think that's just shows that he is kind of a person who wants to have some deep talks instead of some casual talks. So I think you just need to ask yourself, do you also undergo similar struggles when you talk to your friends who are really close to you? I bet not. So if you just want to like improve your communication skills with uh, on a daily basis, yeah, maybe just as, as as Josh said, try to just to put more empathy and be curious about others. But I think the first step is really to ask yourself why you want to do this. Do you want to impress others or you simply truly want to do this? And I think that's really important. Of course, we all want to have clear, effective and smooth communication because mm-hmm. communication is very important in almost every aspect of life no matter it's about our personal relationships or professional success to accomplishing everyday activities. The suggestion from me is that I always feel like if you can be friendly and polite, that will never go wrong. And you should ask yourself why you want to have this conversation with someone else. I guess maybe you want to fit in. Sometimes fitting in can be difficult at the beginning, but it worth the effort for sure. When you feel like you belong to a group, why not just try to start with finding your own tribe? You know, there's no shame in finding a cohort of people who can accept you for who you are and what you like. Uh, maybe from the very beginning, you can start a very casual conversation gradually with more understandings and after learning more things about your friends, your co-workers, you can gradually develop that conversation into a deeper one, a more profound one. I think after learning more things about the people around you, you will gradually find that rhythm Sometimes you just know how to talk and don't compare yourself with others. Maybe it just happen to be there's a person in your team or in your social circle that person is more like a social butterfly don't just like look at the shining side of this person you have your own strength and uh, shining points of as well so i think to begin with you have to embrace your unique traits that make you special i think some people will be attracted by your personality traits and as long as you're proud of your personality traits, I'm pretty sure your charisma will be very visible to people who think alike. And I remember I learned in my journalism school that whenever you raise a question, make it an open one, which means the person who receives that question will definitely give you a very comprehensive answer. Then you can keep the conversation going. We all know that communication makes the world go around. So I think everyone can become a great communicator. Just start with talking to someone. (laughs) That brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much for your company. You can find us on Apple Podcast at Roundtable China. Thank you, Li Yi and Josh for joining the show. See you next time.